Welcome to yet another episode of the Diamond Land Podcast. Beat the traffic, join the Diamond Land. We have something very special today, something the podcast game was never expecting. We're teaming up with Blow the Whistle. Uh, we welcome on the show Shu <laughs> and uh, Fluke. What's going on, welcome. guys? As, I am. I'm so uh, excited to be here. Uh, you know, I don't know about the name Shu, but I'll roll with it for you guys because I love you so much. You know what? Tell Jordan. Well, you know, let me who... tell you guys. So <laughs> let me tell our, you know, many listeners. So how many unique downloads does Blow the Whistle have? If you don't mind sharing. Uh, I think I we're think at like, what, 1,500? Something like that? It's yeah, a, we're... it's a little under that. It's like 13. Well, you Not know, to not... blow our own whistle. Uh, okay, <laughs> god damn it. Oh, oh that just oh. ruined the whole pod. We, we need to start over. We're canceled. We're <laughs> no, canceled. but we have 1,800 unique uh, viewers. I bought 1,750 devices <laughs> just so we can get up to 1,500. But, you know, it works out. Wow. Dedication, man. That sounds like That's profit to me, baby. Hey, those first hey. generation iPod touches at the thrift store, you know, you can't go wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> be that, uh, so for those be that teacher salary. So oh, yeah. You know, my like, yeah. <laughs> my peanuts. Yeah, what, are they, but... what are they paying teachers now? Like 100000 a year, 150 something like that? Uh, Try 55. So. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, Pete. And, and, you, and LA, you gotta ask, yeah. what so pays more, podcasting? What pays more, podcasting or teaching? Uh, well, you would never pay me, gotta, Karen, so let's be real. So, <laughs> so teaching. Wow. No, uh, you know, I didn't want to bring up a college story, so I'm not going to bring it up. But there's some moments. So, that... okay. So, so before, before we get started, Blow the Whistle is a Bay Area sports podcast. Um, ironically, started when no Bay Area sports teams were going on. That's how we do things. Um, but yeah, we, now, uh, we go against yeah. the grain, man. We got to be different. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the real thing was and just now, like we were stuck in quarantine and it was either start a podcast or jump off the fucking Golden Gate Bridge out of boredom. <laughs> so we, was, we started smoky. up. Pod. Those were the only two options. Yeah, too pretty smoky much. to find the bridge. So we decided to do a podcast <laughs> instead. But. Uh, and glad, in all seriousness, uh, went with the second choice. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, like the four of us at Nevada, all we did was, you know, talk sports all the time and share our opinions. And you guys root for the wrong team, so Luke and I thought, you know what, we root for the right. We team. need Absolutely. to, uh, we need to, we need to share our knowledge about the Bay Area with the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's they don't have teams that have won championships in the last like five years. <laughs> that's that's probably why we're on here so that we can educate the LA sports fan base on what it's like to root for winning well, teams. I wouldn't know that as a Clipper fan, but I'm, I'm going to get into that. In <laughs> All right, Jordan brought it up. I, I'm going to bring it up. up. I was like, no. Yeah. So get, uh, I think we need to talk about, let's get down to it. The Clipper, the Clipper Nuggets series. And I've been sick to my stomach the last few days, but then I really thought about it for a minute and I realized this is what I got into when I decided to be a Clipper fan. Like we were never going to win anything. Like I should have known we were going to. Yeah, you you brought this exactly. on yourself. I should have known we were going to blow the three one lead. And I'm not even joking. Like my whole, <laughs> I like life flashed before my eyes when the Clippers just blew it in Game Five. I I knew at that moment. I just thought about you know, fifteen year old Jordan watch or sixteen year old Jordan watching the Clippers blow it to Houston. It was just the same experience over again, and. I I can't help but say like Clippers are gonna lose tomorrow. I, I hate to say it. Like oh. Clippers are done. 
Like, I I hate to be the one to admit it, and I love the Clippers, but I, I don't think they're going to win tomorrow. And I think the big reason behind it is besides we're getting some inadequate play by some player that's going to be banned from the podcast soon, Montrez Harrell. But <laughs> the real problem is Doc Rivers. Six man of the Doc, year, Montrose Doc Rivers needs to fucking go. I'm sorry, and he's not. He's not going to. But well, let me let me say I, uh, this. So the Clippers started the trend of the blown three-one lead with the series <laughs> of the Rockets, but the Warriors made it famous with the Cavs. So we can empathize you know, if you guys are to. Lose yeah, tomorrow. I. You know, wait, hold yeah, on, hold on. We know the on. pain. Hold on. Thank God, uh, Twitter wasn't around for the mid two thousands. For uh, the Lakers blowing a three-one lead to D'Antoni and the Suns. God, D'Antoni's been out here. for Honestly, too long. yeah, that's the, <laughs> the, the yeah. First of all, Twitter. I mean, we've talked about it on our own pod. Twitter really is a hellhole. There is no <laughs> Very way much to so. escape the shame, and it's it it just hurts so much. But I I will I will empathize with you, Jordan. If the Clippers blow through one lead, I think they could actually they should take that. Oh, game. I mean, they should in theory. Don't it's. <laughs> Yeah, because like at least when the Warriors blew it, it was to LeBron James. Like if the Clippers, the it, it, yeah, it, okay, okay, no, uh, but it, okay, I will. How do I leave? How do I leave? This? Garrett, are you we, the Lego? We do James not slander MJ. Is that you that pops up on every no. single ESPN post? Uh, wouldn't be surprised. No, that's Shannon Sharp. That's Shannon Sharp. That is true with his little goat hat. That on. Is yeah. In in all reality. When the Warriors blew a three-one lead, it's to LeBron James. If they, if the Clippers blow a three-one lead to Jamal Murray and Jokic, who looks like he has the fucking studs, <laughs> then something has to be done. Oh, yeah. That's just yeah. horrifying to me, especially with Patrick Beverly, who talks all that mess and is just kind of an asshole in general, and then scores like I don't know, like five points a game in this series. That's tough. That's really Bro, tough. I think they, they should pull it out, though. But you know what the Clippers' problem has been all year is that they've been acting like they've won something. <laughs> like, they, they get in these lackadaisical stretches where they just, like, don't play hard and they lose games that they should win, which, like, look, if you've won a couple chips, I get it. If if you're the, the Kobe Shaq Lakers or the Steph Durant Warriors and you're going through stretches like that where you're just going to kind of take a couple games off, that's fine. But, like, they should be hungry, yeah. and they just don't seem like you they know, are. And I agree with you. And I'm almost like – I okay, I think the Clippers are probably going to win. Okay. But I'm not going to be surprised if they lose, first of all. But I'm hoping this Game 7 might, like, light some fire under some of these Clipper players because I'm telling you, Harold, when he plays – He's a high intensity like player. That's the reason he comes into the game. He brings the energy. He gets everyone pumped up. He's not bringing any energy out there. First of all, he's taken away from honestly Zubak, who's the goat of this podcast. He's taken away his minutes. <laughs> Zubak was plus eight the other day. Harold was like minus twenty six, and Harold only played like fourteen minutes in Zubak's place. So what is that telling you? But the problem of it all. His Doc Rivers comes out after the work afterwards and says, "Yeah, you know, Harold and Zubak both didn't play very well. Uh, they were pretty even, in my opinion." It's like, were we watching the same game? And my Clipper insider, a couple accounts I follow, said that Kawhi Leonard is more likely to go 
than Doc Rivers is to get fired. And that's if that joke. happens, that's I'm gotta, taking my fandom to Charlotte Hornets. I'm taking my fandom to Charlotte Hornets. So when LeBron in, in the Rocket series, when LeBron and the Lakers blew a 21 point lead, but they end up winning the game, LeBron gets scrutinized. When the Clippers blow a six a equal size lead but lose, Kawhi don't got the Kawhi don't got uh, any hate on him. We low key even talk about how Kawhi does not get slandered nearly enough. How does LeBron get like, how does LeBron get slandered in a win? I I'll, I'll stick up for Kawhi a little here. I mean, it, it could be because LeBron is is fucking obnoxious. They're, they're completely but, different know. players. Like the way LeBron is covered, they are one hundred. The media, aside from Skip Bayless, you know, kisses yep. kisses the ground that Steel. LeBron walks on. So. I mean, I, I there are arguably more excuses made for LeBron than there is slander if anything goes wrong. And Kawhi, Kawhi's had, like, what, one bad game this series where he put up, like, 13 points. And beyond this series, for the past, like, two postseason runs, he's literally never had a bad game. And he's just he just goes about his business. He's never the problem. Like, there's never a point where you're like, Kawhi needs to be more aggressive you know, Kawhi's not defending. And, like, those are two legitimate criticisms that people have of LeBron sometimes. So I I, I, I understand uh, the discrepancy there. I'm also going to side with Jordan that Zubak has the, not, the best non-superstar in this series. I was going to say so not including Kawhi and Paul George, but who knows where we put Paul George after this whole postseason. It's either the best or the worst. <laughs> but... Pandemic but yeah, but Zubak uh, Network tweeted that he was like plus 129 in the playoffs. Like, run that dude 40 <laughs> minutes. I don't care if he can't get back on the <laughs> offensive end. Just let him sit there on defense and catch his breath because they need to be playing him. Like, I mean, like, how do you have three All NBA defenders and y'all give up? And y'all, or how do y'all give up 64 points in the second half? Y'all, also, the Clippers' offense has not been there. Like, in game six, y'all scored 35 points in the second half. You guys scored 34 in the first half, in the first quarter. <laughs> Lou Williams hasn't been good. Harrell hasn't been good. Playoff P- pandemic P has been up and down. Like, I'm not worried about the Clippers. <laughs> okay, no, honestly, I'm not like, I, as a Laker fan. The, the Clippers have not showed enough in this series like, I mean, if they were going against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, I'd take the Lakers in that matchup. And I can't stand the Lakers. And I think the Lakers have flaws as well. But the Clippers just have not showed, like, heart. Like, they really haven't. And that's really disappointing because it feels like this was another series that they came into and they were just like, yeah, we got this. We'll win. Because they are, on paper, they are so much better than the Denver Nuggets. And I, I like the Nuggets. Don't get me wrong. The Nuggets are good. But there's no reason why this series should have gone to seven. There's no reason that it should have gone to six. Like That mentality is the same thing they had in the first in the first series against the Dallas. Like, uh... There's no way the Mavericks – there's no way the Mavericks should have won without Porzingis. But they did. Luka put the team on his back. And you have – if you have – a two-time defensive player of the year and a almost defensive player of the year playing the same position as Luca. I don't know. I can't. Oh, I can't problem. believe I'm doing this. Give Luca credit, I, but I'm, I'm going to defend Jordan again here. 
this is the last one. Well, yeah, what, what, is, what is this today, this man? Carrots roasting me. <laughs> but, I mean, when you have some, like, Luca, like, that game winner he had, the reason that got blown up so much is because he literally had, like, what, a 40-point triple-double, and he hits the game-winning yeah. three. Like, he had to play completely out of his mind just for Dallas to get a win. And then the Clippers tightened up the rest of the way and did their thing. I mean, the Lakers, how did they lose one game to the Blazers? Like, it, it's you know not what? so much the NFL. The Lakers lose game one. The, so apparently, that's, the, the, Lakers are that's the formula, apparently. but um, Also, man, the two teams that the Lakers have played have been largely trash. Like, I mean, you have the Blazers who I mean, really had to claw their the way into the postseason, and then you're playing the two biggest playoff chokers of all time in James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Like, but going into the first round, the Blazers were the hottest team in the bubble. Oh, dude, that was such a bullshit <laughs> argument, though, from the media. That was the most ridiculous thing of, like, the Blazers could be a problem for the Lakers. Absolutely no, they couldn't. <laughs> they were far and away the worst team in the playoffs. They just had Dame Lillard uh, going crazy no. in the bubble. And he was out of gas by in the, the West, time it yeah. was In the Western the Conference playoffs, let me say that. Yeah, like, far and away the worst team in the Western Conference playoffs. I don't know, Luke. You take media, away Dame Lillard from that team, and what do you the have? The media told me that Dame Lillard was better than Steph Curry, so... Who knows? Maybe that team was really good. That's why we started podcasts. That is true. Is the, the media. That these the media. shitty takes. It was that take specifically. That's when we said enough. We're, we're getting uh, certain, gone. certain media members have told me LeBron is washed. Year 17 LeBron Okay, can is we talk about that narrative? The whole washed game narrative? Nobody actually did that. Like five that. really shitty media members did that. And then LeBron, like... Some dude who, who was like a Kawhi Leonard goat account on Twitter said LeBron washed, and LeBron being obnoxious like he is started the whole washed king hashtag. Yeah. Nobody actually, no credible member of the media was like, yeah, LeBron's bad now. Like, people were like, oh, yeah, LeBron might not be the best player in the NBA. He might be like the third or fourth best player in the NBA. And then Twitter is like, oh, oh, washed king. They're saying he's washed. And LeBron has just taken that and ran with it. That's been the most baffling thing to me. Like, clearly that man is not washed. He never has been. Nobody's been saying that. And then he just takes it and runs with it. And the LeBron stands out there are just wiling out on Twitter. Like, literally, he's hailed as, you know, one of the best players in the NBA still. And all of his stands are like, mm, y'all said Braun was trash. <laughs> Nobody ever said that one time. You know, Braun played into Braun played into this narrative coming into the bubble with some gray in his beard, like showing year seventeen. And then as soon as the first game comes in, he uh, first game of playoffs, he just dyes it uh, black. So yeah, no, I I think it's very funny. Like there's. It's it's so crazy being a being a diehard Lakers fan. It's crazy the amount of like different people you deal with. You deal with the Kobe stands, you deal with LeBron fans, and then you deal with sane Laker fans. Like I I know Kobe stands who hated the idea of LeBron of the LeBron signing, and I'm like, are you serious? You're not gonna you won't take the greatest one of the greatest players of all time to sign with your team. I'm like, how, how idiotic do you have to be? 
those people are the same people who didn't understand why Steph Curry would want Kevin Durant to come to the Warriors because they don't actually care about their teams and they don't understand, oh, I want a team to get better. I want a team to win championships. They're like, oh, no, Kobe Goat. I don't want LeBron taken away from him. It's it's ridiculous. And that's a larger problem, also I think, with just the way – and I've kind of criticized it too, but – the way that like NBA fandom is compared to every other sport, it's so centralized on like following individual players. And like, I think I can speak for all of us. We're like, that's just weird. Cause I know all of us and how diehard we all are to our own separate teams. And like, you know, Garrett, if Kobe ended up finishing his career somewhere else and not the Lakers, you wouldn't have gone and rooted for that team. Like you're always going to be a Lakers no, fan. No, I've still been a Lakers fan. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. the same thing. So I I think that's a bigger problem, and that's how it creates these kind of immature conversations where it's just about like who's the goat, and like it's this one player like does everything for the team, and it's like not a team sport anymore. It's 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 just weird. Like jumping from team to team of the player. I don't like it's it. It's also it makes. It, it makes sports less fun. I mean, we talked about this on Blow the Whistle with the Dame Lillard, Steph Curry conversation that was going on, which again, shouldn't even be a conversation because like Steph is undeniably better than him. And that's not a hot take, but just like we can, we should be able to appreciate Dame Lillard. Amazing. Steph Curry. Amazing. But instead like, fucking nerds like max kellerman go on their shitty sports <laughs> talk shows <laughs> and go uh yeah uh dame lillard is like a steph curry who comes through in clutch moments yeah what what that or was dame probably the worst statement i've ever heard <laughs> yeah like who was it, it's who just was it who said, uh, and, there, was the first take who said like i think was it Stephen a someone or someone said like they'd rather have it andre Godala take the game when he shot was kellerman steph. Yeah, Kellerman honestly has, like, you could remove all the pieces of art in the fucking Louvre in Paris <laughs> and replace them <laughs> with pictures of Max Kellerman's bad takes, <laughs> and you still wouldn't have enough space. That dude is straight up terrible. But that's, like, the way that sports media is now. It's the same thing uh, with Shannon Sharp coming in in a LeBron jersey and a goat mask. It's not. It's not journalism. It's just... Like entertainment media, it's like the WWE where it isn't real, but people are entertained, so they'll watch it. And I think it's just completely like degraded the way that we think about the sport. Like there should be no Kobe fan versus LeBron fan argument because like you shouldn't be a fan of just one player and who gives a shit about the team. Like one of the things that makes those great players so special, like for us with Steph Curry is the Warriors were terrible with all for all of our lives. And then you have this great player who comes in for your team and does amazing things for your team. And because they're your guy, you know, like it's so special to you. It's not just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to follow this one guy until he retires. And, you know, I'll just be a mercenary fan. Dudes like Cuffs the Legend on Twitter, who was a Cavs fan, and then a Heat fan, and now he's a Laker fan. It's just like, no, that's like not any sort of special fandom to me. Like being a part of a a fandom is like, yeah, no, I love my team when they're bad or when they're exactly. good. Exactly. But now we just have all these weird battles, and it just makes like, the sport so much 100%, less fun. Hundred percent, Luke. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, you know, we've had our str- like. As a Clipper fan, they'll probably, you know, probably not, but there's a chance they'll win a title one day. It might not be 
this year. It might not be in 10 years. It might not be next year. But odds are they're going to win a title one day. And it's like that moment that the Clippers finally do win that championship is going to be so rewarding because of all of these, you know, shitty situations and typical Clipper moments. And it's like, okay, if I go and I decide, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go be a Laker fan right now because Clippers are going to be irrelevant. It's like, is that really rewarding to you? Or I'm going to go become a Warrior fan right now because they're going to be a favorite to win the title. It's like, I just don't, I don't understand that bandwagon or concept, rather it's to a team or like how it seems like in the NBA, it's you move on with a certain player like LeBum. So exactly. <laughs> it's the social it, media clout chase. Yeah. It's also hard for other sports to do that because, like, you look at basketball compared to all the other major American sports because you do see it in soccer, in European soccer. You do see the Messi, the Messi stands and the Ronaldo stands. But in American sports, it's also tough because there's just so many more basketball players are the most, I would say, marketable athletes compared to other sports. Plus, look, basketball team, there's only five people on a court. Baseball or football, there's 11. Hockey, I guess there's six, but – Hockey is hockey in the United States. And uh, baseball, there's nine nine players on your team on the diamond at the same time. So it is – it's not as easy. Plus, basketball has the most stars and, like, does the most to market their game. Yeah, so baseball doesn't media. know how to market their players. There's no reason why Mike Trout shouldn't be one of the biggest athletes in the United States right now. And then I think one of the things that really does play into it, it's like, dude, football, like – they're all wearing helmets and some of them, you know, so it's not like you are zooming in on just one dude and, and watching him with the ball in his hands. And then in football, it's like, you know, some of the best players like Trent Williams on the 49ers, he's a fucking offensive lineman. You know, you're not going to be a stand for an offensive lineman. Like for yourself. There's very few positions. There's, there's very few positions in football where stardom stands out. That's yeah, what quarterback, oh, yeah. wide receiver, like, tight end running back with and Kelsey corners. and Kittle. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're, they're running back. positions on offense. And then, yeah, pretty much like cornerbacks and, and safety, I guess. Even and really, then your occasional it doesn't even have to do with how good you are half the time. Like a lot of it's just whether or not you have a personality. Like Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't been good since for since he was on like New York. And even then, like the first half of his career in New York. But everybody knows his name mm-hmm. and face because he's a big personality. It's just. Like, it's almost, like, it's how you market yourself. And the NBA always has so much weird drama going on that it, like, you know, it it, it benefits the players because that's how you know who they all are. Like, can you imagine in hockey if someone was like, yeah, I'm a Connor McDavid stan. Like, I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. Like, that would never happen because hockey's culture is, like, they're, mm-hmm. they, like, they, none of them enjoy talking to the media. They give the same five answers. So it's just like the different, you know, culture of each sport. Also, the the U.S. media doesn't really care about hockey. Which is unfortunate because, and I mean, I know you guys, for whatever reason, love the L.A. Kings, but. um, Hey, we got two cups. You do. We can all hate the Hold on to. (laughs) Yeah, uh, game uh, game six or game, uh, yeah, game six or game five is tonight. Yeah. As we record this Monday night. But, uh, you know, like, fast, like. It is also like basketball players, like you know what they look like, like you know you can see their face on the TV. It's very hard with like football players wearing helmets. Some football players, like skill position, wearing tinted visors, like Ladanian Tomlinson. 
he wore like the dark visor. So you, when the camera zooms in on offense, you can't even see what he looks like. Also, one sec, y'all. My dog is barking, so you're going to have to edit this out. Come here. No, I think that needs uh, to be included in the pod. Keep it. Yeah. We, okay. don't, we don't edit much out of the podcast anyway. <laughs> that's, right, that's sounds one good. Take, but but also, like, <laughs> one of the things, too, is, like, let's say, like, with Tom Brady, for example, he throws a touchdown pass. 90 to- 90% of the time, like, his throwing motion is going to look exactly the same no matter, you know, like, in a photo, I mean. Like, there's no posterization in football for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas dudes like LeBron, you're getting these incredible, like, photos, these moments, these videos of them doing otherworldly athletic things, dunking on people, blocking shots, everything. And that, like, to a, to a kid, you see that video and you're just like, holy shit, that's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it's it's a different level of cool when it's one person cooking another person rather than like you know in football where it's for the most part a good play is brought together by eleven different dudes all doing their jobs rather than one person doing something incredible. Like as you said, like the Odell Beckham catch, the one-handed catch. Eli Manning got great blocking. He rolled out to his right, threw the ball up, and Odell Beckham just made. Uh, while also being grabbed, somehow made that catch. Well, but the thing is with basketball, there's so many things that create highlight moments, ankle breakers, step back threes, posters, deep threes. Well, baseball and football, there's not many. Like what? Baseball, there's a diving catch or a home run that like are that it moments. Like there's very few it moments in other sports. But basketball, there seems to be a bunch. Let me I- yeah, absolutely. This too, because I'm kind of curious about uh, both of your perspectives. So we talked about how in basketball, you know, there's a lot more like uh, single player fandom and like people will follow uh, different players from team to team. But I think we can all agree that that LeBron standum is on a level that we've never seen in sports in terms of the fan base that literally just follows him and becomes a fan of the team yes, he is on. Exactly. What is it about LeBron that's created that? Like, I get, like, he was big in high school before he even came up, and he came from humble beginnings and whatnot, but, like, does it have to do with how the media has covered him, or why is this guy, like, his I own so. tier of He's... fandom? So let's see. In Twitter was created in 2012, and LeBron was in yep. year – Eight, so I do think it is the way that the media has covered LeBron because I remember early on LeBron was doing I think right his rookie year he was doing like ESPN commercials, and like it's just the way like he was brought up as this like the next great thing, and he's lived up to it. That's why like his high school games were on national TV. You know, like, there's not many high school players that have national TV games. You know, I'm going to chime in a little bit. Um, I don't think that – think about all the GOATs throughout history. A lot of them tend to stay with the same team, especially when they're in their absolute prime. And I think that with LeBron at his prime leading a team that he pretty much brought from irrelevance to, you know, an NBA finals, a consistent NBA contender. 
I don't know if that's really ever been done before. Kobe stayed with the Lakers during his time. Um, Michael Jordan, the only time he left was he was in his Wizards, and he wasn't really in his prime either. I think that if Kobe or Michael Jordan had left, I think it would have had the same effect, honestly, and it would have had that bandwagoning effect. That's a great point. But it's also the thing, like, LeBron took – 2007 Cavs for the NBA Finals and got swept by the Spurs. That's one of the worst teams in NBA history to make the finals. And so, like, he he realized that his organization, Cleveland, it wasn't a big market. They're not doing enough to get him talent to help him win a title. So he left. Kobe Kobe joined the Lakers' marquee organization. Jordan turned the Bulls into a marquee organization, the Bulls' ownership front office did enough to get him t- talent. The, the Cavs didn't do that. No Anderson Verjao disrespect I... on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, also, that team was really good defensively. And, I mean, people talk about them like they're, you know, fucking scrubs. They were not. Like, right, they so were are not. We saying, uh... Are we saying the 2007 Cavs are worse or the 2000? 2000... 18 Cavs are worse. Which, I mean, which I final team is worse? Man. Uh, 2007, more than yeah, likely. Yeah, I would almost just say because I would take 2018 LeBron over 2007 Braun. Like, if anything else, like everyone else aside, uh, yeah, I would agree. 2007. Not to mention, it's like the, the 2018 Cavs, also, they still had Kevin Love on their team. Like, I mean, he is – people shit on Kevin Love as if he's not been an all-star, but he I was. I think he's a Hall of Famer. And we're at it. Yeah, they had, they had plenty of, you know, of talent on that team. They just ran into a buzzsaw, you know, against the Warriors. But I mean, regardless I think, of that, I do they both the had the same record, too. I mean, they were both 50 and 32. I do think like, the Celtics in the say- NBA Finals would have provided the Warriors a tougher challenge. Well, nobody, nobody. Uh, I don't know. Just because Warriors, let's be real. Nobody. Was yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying either of them beats beats the Warriors. I'm just saying I think the Warrior uh, that that Celtics team. I, I disagree. Chemistry. Just because the the Warriors. I mean, who was the best player on that Celtics team? Well, Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah, Jason like, Tatum, Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and they were still. I mean, that was, wasn't that Tatum's rookie year, like yeah, rookie in the finals as your best player, or LeBron James in the finals as your best player. LeBron is going to put up the bigger challenge. Not to mention, I mean, LeBron has the rep. Like that one game that they won was because of a thousand, you know, bullshit free throws, like in the very first quarter that just put them way up ahead. Like LeBron gets those type of calls. Rookie Jason Tatum isn't getting those type of calls. And honestly, that 2018 Cavs team, like, yeah, they got swept, but they should have won game one if J.R. Smith had a brain or George Hill makes a free throw. <laughs> so, I mean, the Warriors yeah. still won the series, but, like, they still could have gotten a game. And it literally – and I just, you know, ranted about how we put too much – emphasis on one player in a team sport but that that game is a prime example of lebron literally putting a team on his back and then you know he asked for help one time at the end to make two free throws or get a (laughs) rebound and he couldn't get either so yeah that's the thing that's the thing with with basketball you can't really do that in like baseball because unless you're a pit superstar pitcher 
like hitters, you hit once, and then you it could be three innings until you hit again. And I mean, we already know that superstar pitchers can't carry a team to the World Series unless you're Madison Bumgarner. But even then, you can't like play every day. You can't play every game. Yeah. Didn't back to games. back to your original question, Hugh. I think that the LeBron standum is a mix of the age of the people and the the social climate that's been created when LeBron was becoming really famous. I think social media plays a really, really huge element. And I think it's that mixed with the fact that the media has been calling him the chosen one since high school, where they never really have treated somebody else like that in the modern era. Like, you know, you have a bunch of kids. If you're 10 and, you know, you're born in 97, you're watching your first NBA finals and LeBron James is in there and he's the chosen one. You see him doing all this incredible shit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he goes to the heat. Like, I think that that, kind of you're you're being told all the time this dude is the best player in the nba he's the greatest player of all time he you know he can do no wrong essentially aside from the blowback that he got in his heat years when he was a bit of a villain there and i think that just creates this weird fucked up mentality of just like nope he's the goat and he's the only player i care about because he's been the only player that i've been told to care about like look at Bleacher Report. Like Bleacher Report just goes on and on about LeBron all the time. Like somebody did an analysis of tweets about LeBron versus any other player. And over the season he had like hundreds more tweets about him individually. And they'll bring him into anything like Caruso uh the point when he hit that like that dagger the other day. It was like the tweet literally said for Bleacher Report. I think it was like LeBron set up Alex Caruso for the dagger. Rather than like Alex Caruso hit this dagger with no mention of LeBron. So I think that just feeds into this single player focus mentality. Like it's also as a Lakers fan, it's weird to be rooting for LeBron because high school me hated LeBron. I hated LeBron up until let's see, 20 started the 2016 season. Like it's just like, it's crazy. Just the Warriors more. I don't, I, no, I just I don't know. I just I I felt like Le- I hated LeBron leaving. Like and freshman year of high school, me, I'm taking my talents to South Beach was so overused in like just general every day. Dude, that whole process um, took forever. That was like the Brett Favre retirement, where it was just it just went <laughs> on and on. And by the end of it, like nobody cared. And then Brett like Favre retirement. LeBron became LeBron LeBron, <laughs> LeBron became likable when he went back to Cleveland. Like he didn't join a super I don't team. Know. Likable. I, I, I feel also, like okay. Me, let's 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 put a little bit of a kibosh on that. <laughs> Didn't join a super team when he I had. Mean, would you rather have... did the fucking war point, chest Kyrie for Irvin, Kevin Love? Kyrie Irving wasn't the player he is at the time. He was three. He was three years into his career. Yeah, and he was the number one pick, rookie of the year, all star. Like he did, a, a very, he would not have gone back to that team just because it was Cleveland. He went back to that team because they were gifted three first round picks in a row, and then they were able to trade that for Kevin Love and get Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James. And I think that Kyrie was the perfect piece for LeBron, and he knew it because he LeBron knew that he would instantly become the leader of that team and the number one focus. 
and Kyrie would be a good second option, which is why Kyrie eventually left because he was tired of, you know, everybody just loving LeBron nonstop. I mean, I, I have always been a little bit bothered by that, you know, LeBron didn't join a super team in Cleveland because it was like, dude, he was with two all-stars. There were three all-stars on that team, just like there were three all-stars on the Warriors team. I mean, if, you, if you're Look, LeBron, why wouldn't you go to the Cavs when they draft Anthony Bennett? I mean, <laughs> UNLV yeah. legend. Imagine, UNLV legend. Imagine if, imagine if they had a Victor Oladipo instead. Oh, boy. He went number two. Although Victor oh. Oladipo is kind of weird because, like, he was bad when he started with the Thunder. He was bad with the Magic, wasn't good with the Thunder. Thunder ruined everyone. Blossomed. Yeah. Yeah. Can you be, can you be good as a guard? <laughs> With you know Russell Westbrook out there in his "I do what I want" season, if there's, <laughs> where if there's he, anyone, in this, if there's him. anyone in this bubble that deserves to get slandered, it is Russell Westbrook because that dude was the worst player. Like between both the entire Lakers roster and the entire the entire Lakers and Rockets rosters, Russell Westbrook was the worst player in that series, and he's supposed and, to be a star. And it pains me to slander him because I was a big Westbrook fan. I grew up watching him play at UCLA. It's too, well, if you go back problem. and look at his, if you go back and look at his first year at UCLA, he was terrible. And then he like developed into a good player his second year. And then, yeah, I've been following his career. Like I'm like a fan of his, but like, it's hard to root for him when he's just that bad. And he's just an awful yeah, man. I, mean, I, he's, I hate. <laughs> I hate his mid-range bank shot. Like watching him shoot it. Like he'll pull Dude, from like the elbow like, mid-range. What, like thirty percent from three for his career, and he's still doing this bullshit where he's choosing to take like a contested three over going to the hoop or passing it to an open teammate, and then he holds his arm over his head for a follow through when he like <laughs> is airballing. But honestly, the 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 Russ love got so out of control when Kevin Durant left that team. Because it was like, Russ, loyal. Kevin Durant's a hoe. Russ is loyal, though. And then they gave him a courtesy MVP. I mean, oh, he, did, oh, he was the two games. He did average, average a triple-double for the entire let, season. Let me say... Any, Extremely inefficiently in snagging rebounds from his teammates. Any, any superstar player that is of Westbrook's talent or higher in the NBA, if they wanted to sacrifice winning and their teammates and everything else and just focused on averaging a triple-double, which I don't think anyone will deny is what Westbrook did by the end of that season, anyone could do it. Anyone that is a star in the NBA could average a triple-double if they put all of their effort towards it, except maybe playoff P, but that might be it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, also easily averaged a triple double last year with the with the garbage ass Lakers. If all he did was like wait under the basket for rebounds, rather than getting back defense or defense or whatever, and waving off his teammates rather than getting back on defense, like like I watched Westbrook literally like shoot the ball. And then, you know, just rush forward to try and get an offensive rebound, leaving the rest of his teammates fucked on defense I so mean, many times. I mean, like, the Thunder, they didn't really make enough moves to entice Durant to stay. Yeah. You traded one, you traded one of the best shot blockers. The team, you traded the best shot blocker the team had for an unproven Victor Oladipo, who then you traded the next year. 
who then became I think a star they traded after for Doug McDermott. Yeah, yeah and, tra- and like they traded James Harden because they were cheap. That's Clay Bennett is true. a trash owner, and he yeah. needs to get flamed for that. Like they trade Harden because they're cheap. Then you know, and OKC probably should have won some titles if it wasn't for the Warriors coming in. And then they just make a lot of like pretty you know trash moves, nothing super substantial. And then I think KD probably realized like. Dude, I can't win with Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't think you can win a title with Russell Westbrook as your best player or maybe even your second best player, dude. I mean, look at the Rockets this year. Look, like, they should have they should have won. Harden and- they should have won before the Warriors took over. Like, you have those seasons. In 2012, they went to the finals. No one talks about how bad James Harden was in the finals that year. Yeah. I mean, like, you, well, I mean, and what have we seen from him the rest of his fucking sure. career, dude? Like James Harden. I mean, I remember like that first series against the Warriors. I think James Harden had like eight turnovers in the decisive game five, and completely shits the bed. Gets doubled by Stephen Clay on defense and loses the ball at the end of the game. And then you know it's like a couple years ago with the twenty-seven missed threes. People just talk about, oh, well, if Chris Paul got hurt. Sorry, no, your your MVP player like should be able to, I don't know, lead the team <laughs> in that time rather Injuries than just – hey, that's, uh, that's too logical for this podcast, Luke. That's too nuanced. That's too <laughs> nuanced for NBA Twitter, honestly. Like James Harden is just a truly horrific playoff choker. And the fact that he constantly like gets excuses about it from people and he fools people, which is what upsets me because then Harden's probably going to have like eight more 50 point games next year. And people are going to be like best scorer since Kobe better scorer than Kobe. And it's like, okay, but you no, know what not. Kobe did? Is he fucking won. Kobe won. Kobe also James made, eight, win. Kobe also made eight all defensive first teams. Yeah. And, and that yeah. Means- and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up my rant against NBA fandom piggybacking off of Luke that just winning is not appreciated as much as it needs to be and not held to the same standard or it's held to like a lesser standard than being you know flashy like I think that's why I mean everyone hates this debate but it's why Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever because I don't care if LeBron made it to more finals he had more chances to win more finals than uh, Jordan, and he only has half of them. And Jordan never lost I, on the biggest stage, and he was always the best player on the biggest. I think stage. there needs clutch ass moves too. Yeah, I think there needs to be there needs to be a debate for better NBA player versus a better basketball player. To which I'll give I'll in, give that to LeBron. if you throw in if you throw in no 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 if you throw in all basketball, the greatest player of all time is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was one of the greatest high school players of all time. Played four years of college, won three national titles. And then look at the NBA career he had. Yeah. The greatest basketball player. I don't know. I don't, I don't care about high school. Like, I, I'm just – But I'm saying you can include all of basketball. Yeah, like, you can. Like, I don't know. I, if, if, we that's what the NBA Hall of Fame the, – the basketball Hall of Fame includes everything. Which I think is a problem in itself. But that's a, that's a topic Speaking for a of that, No, no, no. We got to get in this. Oh, the no. Hall of Famer? We're getting in this. Okay. Carmelo Anthony Carmelo, is a Hall of Famer. could be a Hall of Famer for what he's done in the NBA. I mean, he's he has been a scoring leader. He's been uh, what is he a fucking like ten time All Star or something? Like Melo is 
slept on. But you know what the problem with Melo is? Is he doesn't win either. And by the way, if he had just gone to the New York Knicks in free agency rather than force the trade out of yeah, Denver, sure. those teams probably would have won titles. Melo is uh, an NBA Hall of Famer in my book, but he is not a. He's held himself back from winning championships. If, if you want, if you don't say Melo's a Hall of Famer, then you can't make Melo's the same boat as Dominique Wilkins. I, I, I never no, made an NBA, I have no they, emotional tie to Dominique Wilkins, so that's fine. They never made, they never, they ne- <laughs> Why are both, we talking about both Dominique great Wilkins? <laughs> both great scores never made a final. Here's my all right. Let me before I'm fine with both of those players being in the Hall of before, Fame. Before before you guys get all your fans mad at me, let me let me just say this. <laughs> Talk to Jordan. He's the one with the Jordan seventeen hundred iPhones. Because this all started with <laughs> Jordan and I, and then I'm going to bring up a topic too, uh, just so I'm not the only one getting flamed here. Here's my thing with <laughs> Mellow. If the like like you said, you know, if you're going to take into account him winning, you know, gold medals in the Olympics and what he did at Syracuse and his entire basketball career. And the culture just behind the name Carmelo and the weight that name carries, yes, he is a Hall of Famer. I think it should just be based on your NBA career. And with that being said, yes, Melo has had a great career, but again, he didn't win. And I know there are some players that get in because they're so good and like their stats are so ridiculous without winning. Like, if you compare to football, like, Dan Marino never won, but he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I can see that with some players, like a Dominique Wilkins. And if you're going to say Mel's a Hall of Famer, even just based on his NBA stats, I'm not going to get, like, riled up about it. Like, that's fine. I just think there needs to be... You're always riled up. (laughs) That is true. Uh, I just think there needs to be a bigger emphasis on winning, and he never... He never was the star that people proclaim him to be when the postseason came around. And every single NBA player's goal is to win a championship, which means succeeding in the playoffs. Nobody's there to just put up points. And if they are, they shouldn't be there. So that's where I come from with Melo. If you're going to flame me for that, you know my Twitter. You know, there was a while back, you. And this is probably like, I don't know, 2000, maybe five-ish. When people were arguing if who was better, LeBron or Melo. Yeah. And, well. That was always a shitty argument. I know. But, you know, Melo was the one who was on Ned's The Classified School Survival Guide. So, that kind of. <laughs> See, that should put him into the hall right there. <laughs> Easily. Multiple Hall of Fames. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, like, I just, I, like I said, I'm very okay with Melo being in the Hall of Fame just based on his NBA career alone. But I agree with Hugh that it's just like, dude, nobody gives a shit about winning anymore. Everybody needs to break down every single title that's ever happened and go, oh, well, uh, you know, Warriors lucky in 2015, <laughs> injuries, injuries. And, you know, at this time too, it'll be, oh, you know, Lakers or Clippers or Boston or Heat, lucky for this reason. The bubble, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, dude, like, injuries happen. And bad competition sometimes happens. Like, if they win, 
those rings are rings, dude. And everybody wants to break down the value of rings. And, well, KD's rings don't mean as much as LeBron's rings. And Kawhi's one ring with the Raptors means more than KD's two rings with the Warriors. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> like, can you? are you mad because your team is bad and you don't win shit? Then hopefully you get a better front office and one day you'll win. I know the world is probably going to end in five years, so there might not be a whole lot of titles left. (laughs) But for fuck's sake, man, like people are so just like boring about sports now that winning doesn't matter. And it's like, yeah, you know why Giannis like might leave the Bucks this season? is because he wants to win. But everybody's saying, oh, no, Giannis should never leave the Bucks. Loyalty means more than everything. But then at the same time, they're flaming him nonstop if he doesn't win. Like, winning now is just used as an excuse to prop up your favorite player when they do win or make a, you know excuses for them when they don't and shit on players you don't like for winning or for winning or for not winning. Like, that's it's all it is. Like, it's crazy it the sports world happen. we live in. It's, it's oh, crazy it's not. the sports – like we live in a world where Giannis unfollowing all his teammates and only following nine people on Instagram is a story. Who keeps track it's of that? It's probably not. It's probably. I don't think that's a story. Not a, it's pro- <laughs> it, not oh, a, dude, it was all it was, over Reddit and Twitter yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's probably not even something he did. It was probably something his social media team did. No, but I, I know what Jordan's I'm saying not, in the sense of like it shouldn't be. Like who's keeping track of that? Yeah. Like whose first thought is it the second the Bucks season ends is – oh, I know how I'm going to get an inside scoop. Like, instead of having sources or doing legitimate journalism, I'm going to go to his following. Like, maybe he didn't follow any of them to begin with. Do we know that? Like, it's just it's just weird, man. It's a it's a weird time. No, yeah, it, he, he unfollowed everybody thing. except for his family. Like, he, he doesn't follow anybody anymore. It's not like he – if he just unfollowed the Bucks organization and his teammates – I could see that being one thing, but it was never brought up of like, no, dude, he literally unfollowed every person except for like his family. But that's just people need, you know what it is? It's the 24 hour news cycle. There is news and content being circulated 24 hours a day. It's not like it was in Jordan's time where there's the paper that goes out in the morning and there's the news that comes on at six o'clock and that's it. It's now because there is so much need for content everybody just puts this bullshit out there yep like there's 90 shows on espn every day now that's all you know and every one of those people needs something to talk about and it's so obnoxious because now we don't have like legitimate stories anymore half the time and you know cool part of that like brings us more fun nba stuff like people talking shit to each other and blah 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 like the greatest night in nba history the the clippers rockets (laughs) tunnels game Oh, my God. Like, a lot of it is just this nothingness that people need to bring up. And I don't know. I I just think it it is detrimentary – detrimental, excuse me. It's detrimental to just, like, uh, sports fandom. It makes sports so much less fun. We are living in this – we are living in this world, and we just have to deal with it. It's not going to go away anytime soon. The voice of reason. No, it's never going away. It's yeah. It's only gonna. It's only gonna get worse. I mean, but you know that that is what it is. And I think though, I think in twenty years, when people look back at this shit, hopefully, if we even make it to twenty years. Oh, we're not. We're going to be dead in six months. Honestly, the state's on fire. Big Rona's still out to get us. You heard it here first. Big Rona's undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, man, I think in 20 years, 
people will look back hopefully and be like, damn, LeBron was amazing. Steph was amazing. Kawhi's amazing. Like, you know, and not need to do this whole, you know, just bullshit arguments all the time. But greatness is never appreciated in its time. I, I don't I mean, shit, even as awful as it was, like, look at how people talked about Kobe before his death and after his death. It wasn't until he passed that, like, it was kind of universal of everybody going like, wow, Kobe was I mean, so incredible and we were so lucky to have him. Yes, but then, like, I agree. But, like, you look at when he retired, like, the, like pretty much granted everyone, a lot of, so many people came together to sell, like, to watch his last game. And the fact that it was going on while the Warriors were trying to win game number 73 Bad decision making. Yeah, they should have yeah. made it on two separate days. Nobody cared that it took Kobe like eighty shots to get his sixty points. No, no one cared. He got his sixty points. Yeah, everyone wanted to see him with the rock, and it was just universally yeah. accepted. You're not going to win. I mean, you know, a year gonna... later, Braun comes to LA, and it's the whole, you know, oh, Kobe's nowhere near as good as Braun. Blah 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 blah. LeBron, the, I, I remember like ten stories the first day. LeBron immediately the greatest Laker ever. And it's like, we don't need to fucking talk like that, though. <laughs> Can't we say, how exciting is it that LeBron is in L.A.? Rather than like, oh, LeBron, better than Kobe. Better than better than Wilt. Better than Kareem. You know, it is it is not until there is no more, you know, fodder for the cannons that is going to be brought by arguments and contention that people really go just like, you know, because in 20 years... It's not going to get the same kind of response if you go, oh, LeBron better than Kobe. You know, it's just going to be, man, LeBron was amazing and Kobe was amazing. 100%. There's no, like, for general debate, there's no debate between who's a better player, like LeBron and Kobe. They play different styles of basketball. Yeah. Like, LeBron is one of the, LeBron has one of the greatest, like, visions in all of NBA history. He makes some of the most incredible passes. And for him to be doing it at six nine and like the way he's like his size and stature is incredible. Kobe's a flat out killer and a, and like one of the best scorers of all time. And it's just it's like it's, they shouldn't be compared. Yeah, they don't need to be. They don't need to be. And but people don't take context into account. Like you're you're very rarely going to find that on the you know on the NBA media shows because that doesn't get clicks. What get what gets clicks is LeBron's better than Kobe rather than people being like, well, Kobe was 6'6 and a shooting guard and modeled his game after Michael Jordan and LeBron is a completely different style of player. Like that that just is not, you know, it, it it's not interesting. It doesn't get clicks and that drives that that's what drives the money. Yeah. Now, I mean Hugh and I did our, our masters in, in media. And one of the things we talked about a lot was just like, at least in my classes, I'm sure in in Hugh's classes as well, was just like the way that news has declined in quality because it has to be sensational now. And that's a very big problem with NBA media. You know, especially as someone who, as someone who works in sports media, like you see like what gets clicks, like, um, shit, this was what, 2017? And I, I worked at Fox Sports Radio. I was editing clips, like, of like just like 
like just trying to get what what gets the most clicks like what will get the most listens like what what segment from last year's show and being in the national media in 2017 it was the judge versus bellinger rookie of the year it was like what's like what's between two what what topic are we going to talk about that has national teams with national faces that would drive interest rather than like some story of like a guy of like of Giannis in Milwaukee. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, it, it's a sad reality, but it is reality. And, you know, thank God that we have the diamond lane and blow the whistle to give people <laughs> the, the real takes that they need. Honestly, I, holy I shit. Where, where would the NBA be without us guys? What was the NBA doing uh, three months ago? Nothing. They weren't playing. Not being covered as yeah. well, I'll tell you that much. You know, uh, I think yeah. this is a good Gosh, point for me to bring up. If the for however many the Clippers lose, how many points they lose tomorrow, I'm going to do 50 push-ups for how many points they oh, lose. God. So if they lose by 10, I'm going to do 500 push-ups tomorrow on the same day. So the Clippers better this win is tomorrow. Man who, this is the man who did push-ups when the when the Lakers beat the Clippers the first game of the bubble. Well, that was you know a different time. But if, if the Clippers that honestly need to win, I feel like, like forever, forever ago. So that's my guarantee: Clippers will win, or else I'm doing push-ups. And if that happens, I'm probably going to find a new team. I'm going to be one of the bandwagoners that we've been talking about the whole podcast. I'm going to be become one of them. Well, welcome, Jordan. To the come to the Warriors. I, I, I might consider it. I might consider it. James Wiseman incoming with the number two pick. Yeah. As we talked sure, about on the sure, list, this might be the are time. Even sure, uh, are you even sure they're going to keep the pick? Because I know Warriors fans want James Wiseman or want someone. Man, who are they going to trade it for? We I talked about know. this a lot well, on Blake the Griffin, like, Bradley Beal. No. I told you. I told you this. That trade puts the Warriors in more cap hell before they started. Yeah, and then <laughs> they have Blake Griffin's. You know. Injuries that they have to deal with every Blake year. Blake Griffin's like the point or the power forward Russell Westbrook. <laughs> like, I mean, Russell Westbrook yeah. is, the, is the Russell Westbrook of every position. He can play center point. That's true. Not very efficiently. Yeah. Also, yeah. oh, uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Draymond Green and Blake Griffin would get a- along so well <laughs> on the same team. Draymond has already stolen his soul from him multiple times. Well, and, maybe he can give it back. Uh, <laughs> Although, never forget the greatest highlight in NBA history, Draymond flaming Paul Pierce with the You Thought You Was Kobe <laughs> in his final season. Man, the funniest man. thing and meanest thing I've favorite. ever heard. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm Paul Pierce, probably my least favorite person in sports media. Warriors. He's so fucking awful. Can we all agree, Lakers yeah, fans, Clippers fans, and Warriors fans, to come together and bond on the point that Paul? He's Pierce one is of terrible. the worst Clippers I mean, of all time, and that's I'm saying not, something. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take uh, anything this dude takes serious for a dude who shit himself off <laughs> and had to get carted off. Man, just calm him out. Jeez. I will say the one person I will put above Paul Pierce for worst sports media member is Kendrick Perkins. Like why is it? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't. Why is it always these? I don't hate Perk. Uh, oh, okay. That's because, he that's because LeBron. LeBron's on your fucking that's, team. That's, no, that I mean, I don't. Perk is a fucking moron. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Perk that LeBron is covered completely Perk, differently by the media than any other no, player. I'm not saying Perkins is good. I'm just saying I think Paul Pierce is the worst. <laughs> 
No, I mean, Paul, like, Paul no Pierce, honestly, Paul no. Pierce, that is, I agree with you a hundred percent. Kendrick Perkins, like Paul Pierce, has at least at one point probably said something that made sense. Kendrick Perkins is the worst media personality I've ever seen across any I mean, sport. I can't take Paul Pierce. Oh, Jordan left. I can't take Paul Pierce seriously when he's like after game one of the Bucks Bucks Celtics. He said the series was over if the Celtics won. And what happens? The Bucks win four straight. I mean, Chuck has said the same type of thing though a thousand times, and Chuck is also. But at not least Chuck famous. is funny. But yeah, that's true. But Kendrick Perkins is neither funny nor good at analysis nor unbiased. Like Paul Pierce is, or, or Kendrick Perkins is really out here like shitting on dudes who are electing to put their own safety ahead of going to the bubble by opting also, out. Also, I'm gonna give like, he, he got in it with the Rams. I'm gonna give Charles Barkley the benefit of the doubt that he is a Hall of Fame player and he was incredible. And you know, like yes, he says some stuff that's obviously just you know, for views and hot takes and whatnot. But one, he sticks to what he says, even if it's like his whole jump shooting teams will never win. Like he's still stuck with that. Even after, you know, the Warriors won who he targeted that towards. He said the, so he at least stays he true said to the, that. Uh, he said the Blazers were going to sweep the Lakers. He, he did. And he's stuck with yeah, it. And he says that because it's yeah, a bit. He, he takes the L when he needs to. It's a Kendrick Perkins is just fu- also Kendrick Perkins was he shit. Was. He was not a good basketball player for the most part. When you get traded for Jeff, he had like Green. what, like two, three good years? <laughs> oh god. I mean, yeah, I like Paul Pierce Hall of Famer, Charles Barkley Hall of Famer, Kendrick Perkins, the eighth man on your bench who scores six points a game and then talks shit. Like Steph roasting his ass. And then Kendrick Perkins wanted to fight him when they signed when the Cavs signed him to be a fucking cheerleader. Greatest moment of my life. <laughs> and you've had many great moments. Eh, I've had like two, two or three. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I you, think... you was so on the money with that so one. Then, I didn't even. I think words... I blocked Kendrick Perkins from my memory. <laughs> All right, if we if we the Kendrick Perkins is the worst. Who's the best former player to be analyst? I mean, do broadcasters Ooh. count? Because I love Reggie Miller, honestly. I think I like Reggie. I think Reggie's really good. Reggie has gotten much better. Like Stan he Van he Gundy. was really bad for a while, Stan, but he's gotten. Stan a lot Van better. Gundy is like the new. He's like the Tony Romo of the NBA, where he just comes in. Stan and Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy like, is speaking the truth. Yeah. Like, he's like if the Lakers against the Rockets, not if better. someone cuts, they're going to be open. Yeah, he's he's really yeah. really good. He's, uh, also, yeah. he's um, he's retired now, but obviously Jim Barnett, one of the greatest broadcasters of all time, Warriors play by play, or yeah, he was color analyst, color analyst. Um, not a former player, but Mike Breen, obviously the goat. Uh, but, you know, um, I'd like to say like something Harlan. real quick, Garrett. Uh, I have a confession. I no longer like Ralph Lawler. Wow. Really? Why? Because he, he says a lot of hot takes and like angry, bitter old man that he's not the announcer anymore of the Clippers. And it's like. So he's firing off his takes that he's been holding and, on. Since. And he's always been firing the takes. He's a big homer. And he's just really starting to bother me. And he got like a lot of other announcers that I really liked fired. And I can't say this for sure, but I'm almost positive because that whole everything ran through Ralph Lawler. Mike Smith, awesome color commentator, gone. Um, Bill Walton, he got rid of Bill Walton. 
Like Bill Walton's the that's, best. That's their best former player, <laughs> Bill Walton. That's the yeah, one. That's yeah, true. That's, that's uh, that dude is so entertaining. You know, Dave Pash needs a raise for like having Dave to Pash. deal with Bill Walton dealing like an eight o'clock uh, Pac-12 basketball game. Pash and Doris is great. That, that's a great Bill call. Walton really like coming into the stadium right as the edibles hit <laughs> and just fucking rolling. My <laughs> the funniest thing was, I've ever seen. My favorite was Bill Walton year? moment is when he called a baseball game and there was oh, like yeah, called the White Sox. Angels. It was like a pop up in the second and like he, first of all he thought it was a home run and it barely got out of the infield <laughs> and it was the third out and they're running into the dugout and he just goes, "Well, what happens now?" And it's like the second <laughs> inning. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need a, uh, I need Bill Walton. He, to call he really do be on that Kush, dude. I love him. Kush too loud for Bill Walton. <laughs> yeah, I Bill Walton, players, like I, he's not an analyst in any way, but AI is one of my favorite people to talk about the game anymore because he's also just like not bitter. Like too many of these dudes are just hella bitter and oh, back in my day. And blah 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 blah. Whereas AI is just out there, like, nah, these players right now are amazing. Like, they're better than I was. <laughs> I love that, I love yeah. that too. Um, I like uh, oh my Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. I can't think the name of their podcast. Uh, but they're they're really they good. are good. Matt Barnes in general, uh, like he drove like or your poet Matt how Barnes. How many miles did he drive just to beat Derek Fisher's ass? <laughs> Wasn't it ninety <laughs> miles? <laughs> <laughs> But that's a legend. Dude, I uh, uh, I have a shitload of tweets where I'm just like, <laughs> talking about how I wish that Matt Barnes would drive 90 miles to beat my ass. <laughs> also, their podcast is all the smoke. Oh yeah, they're it's a great podcast. Yeah, I like I hated Matt Barnes when he was on any other team because he just was such Same, a little dude. shithead. I loved him on the Clippers. Dude, like, when he was on the Warriors, I would like it. I I would have ran into Mordor for that man, dude. Like, I absolutely love that guy. Yeah, like the Kobe flinch thing, and then he joins the Lakers. Like, he was annoying at that point, and then he's like, oh, kind of like him. Well, he had this quote. I'm not sure if it's actually his or not, but I think he said, like, violence isn't the answer, but sometimes it is. <laughs> and I'm just like, God damn it, Matt Barnes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, it was about Derek Fisher. It was about Derek Fisher. <laughs> He said, That's every, every man who looks at the situation knows what's right and wrong. Violence is never the answer, but sometimes it is. Hey, Derek Fisher is an L.A. Sparks what? legend. Legendary coach. Derek Fisher is a coach. Of your, and wrong. he's going to you know, be a rival of your beloved Aces for years I, to come. I, I swear, I don't... Aces winning championship, yeah, I, by the way, and Asia Wilson MVP. I, swear, I don't know, like... It seems like random basketball play, NBA players become like WNBA coaches. Like Bill Lambier is the head coach of the Aces. Derek Fisher, the head coach of the spot. Like, coach of the year, baby. I mean, it's just crazy, like how like how like these guys like get the job. I don't know, man. It's also crazy, like NBA Dude, coaching. I don't know how NBA coaches get the job. They get the the same thing, like Steve Nash with the Nets. Like Durant loves. You him. know, they were literally. Oh, I know. That's why That's why he got the job. I mean, I think if there's one dude that can... And first of all, Steve Nash is a perfect human being. Like, I love Steve that Rob dude Kobe so much. And... <laughs> okay. Don't be negative Nancy on here. Goodness. Don't, yeah. don't rain on we don't, we Steve Nash's about the legend Steve Nash. Not to mention the fact that the this is going to be fun Lakers with Nash and Dwight. Don't bring it We're up. one of the biggest lapses of all time. And... Personally, my favorite Lakers team ever. We have-
had a, if we had Chris Paul instead of Steve Nash, it would be a, we would have been talking about more championships than the Celtics. But those dang oh, Clippers God, took, took Chris Paul no, away. It's not even Chris Paul. It's David Stern. Rest David in peace. Stern. <laughs> but like the clip, yeah, no, yeah. I was about to say, no, no, David Stern no, slander. I'm not saying. I'm, look, the, the Lakers offered a better trade package to New Orleans than the Clippers gave them. That's when LO yeah. fell off the fell off the edge at that moment. <laughs> but uh, no, um, it's also crazy. Like D'Antoni gets fired from Houston or leaves Houston. Where do you, where does he go? Like. I don't know if going small ball. I don't know if small ball was his decision or Daryl Morey's. I kind of like him going to the Sixers. Uh, I don't think it was Dantoni's decision. So, like, will he go to the Sixers with like Embiid though? Like, you can't really do Embiid. I don't know, dude. But that the the Sixers have way too much talent to be getting. I like I like Luke's idea. I like the Pelicans. They're a fun team. They can run. They got young stars. You can like. Set up a transition offense between Lonzo and uh, Zion. Lonzo needs to be out of the league. He's awful. Yeah, like, okay, so Zion has Overrated. potential. Zion has potential, but he can't play more than eight minutes a game. Like, there's – the Pelicans are – like, Drew Holiday is low-key the best player on that team. He's wasting yeah. his career on the Pelicans. Like, he can be Pelicans, contributing on a contender. The Pelicans are not as good as, like, people were making them out to be in terms of how, like, up-and-coming yeah. they are. That's the same thing we were talking about Zion. with, like, how the NBA media just, like, focuses on these teams where it's like – Dude, the Pelicans, like, everybody was, like, Pelicans-Lakers first-round matchup, and it's like they were, like, the 11 seed or something. The Pelicans could have won a game in the bubble. Yeah, I know. The Sun- oh, I wish we could have seen the Suns in there. Honestly, but no, I, I would gotten, say Sixers, we, or, Sixers or Pelicans I, would be a good spot. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, there's a lot of, like, good coaches who are available. Like, Billy Donovan, like. Also, though, I, I don't think the D'Antoni leads to winning basketball either. No, but it's I don't like true. Like, it's it's also tough when he doesn't lead to first round exit basketball though. To Hughes' point, unless you're the Rockets occasionally, like D'Antoni, like with this team, you weren't you're not built to go up against teams in the West. Like it's like you're looking at you're either going to have to face Anthony Davis. Or if they won, they would have possibly had to face Jokic. Or they don't have, like, like Paul George and Kawhi. Like, so they're not built for, like, having to play, like, centers who could – or well, I mean, in Jokic and Anthony Davis, centers who can do stuff on offense. That's why they were able to, like, leave Steven Adams because Steven Adams isn't a great offensive player. So I don't know if and again, I mean, it just comes down to your superstars, man. I mean, do you got a superstar that can get you the game-winning bucket when you need to in the biggest moments? No, they don't. Like, yeah, like I don't know. Like, I don't think. I think that's why going to a younger team uh, has got like that might be better for him. Like Billy Donovan is a free agent. Uh, Brett Brett Brown. Brett Brown is low-key a bad coach, I don't think – I think Brett Brown's not good, but it's also on the Elton brand. Like, I would rather have Nate McMillan from the Pacers – That was a surprise. – than Brett Brown. They shouldn't have fired him. After extending him? I, <laughs> I think yeah. uh, – I uh, that Tom Thibodeau keeps getting coaching gigs, too. 
True. Dude, what the fuck, yeah. man? Uh, he is RJ the Bar- fact that the Knicks hired that dude. RJ Barrett's about to be running like forty minutes a game. Dude, <laughs> like what? Why? Why Tom? Tip- like, there's such a weird thing in the NBA where it's like we'd rather take someone who's been a head coach before but failed like everywhere they've gone than yep. try our hand at someone new. And it's I, I don't. They should have hired Patrick Ewing. Yeah, Patrick Ewing has been the head coach of Georgetown. I mean, and I don't think, for an opportunity. To I don't know. NBA. Yeah, I don't. I think Patrick Ewing is fine coaching Georgetown. Um, like I, I've heard that he wants to go to the NBA though. But uh, but who would you rather have? Somebody who's doing well with Georgetown or Tom Thibodeau? True. Who, I also, like his last. I ran him out the door. Like, but we don't really see like you don't see a lot of like superstar players transition to coaching. No, but I think it's worth it to, you know, give give them a chance rather than recycle the same True. coaches. Like Steve Kerr's a great example and Ty Lu. Like when Ty Lu took over the Clipper or the uh, Cavaliers I, and then they beat the Warriors. Like I mean, I, how much can you credit Ty Lu's coaching to LeBron coaching? See, that's another issue in I mean, if, the, the whole yeah. like LeBron LeBron runs the front office wherever he goes, but then all of a sudden he doesn't have help even though the team that he's playing on was constructed by him. That's exactly what I'm talking about with him, where it's it there's never anything against LeBron. It's it, it's yeah. frustrating. It's like the never forget when he made the Cavs like trade for D Wade and all those dudes, and then immediately was Braun has no help. When it was like, but he, he was the one. Uh, <laughs> like, you really think that any of those fucking decisions are not being approved by LeBron James? That's what happens with superstar players nowadays, especially that dude. Like, I don't think LeBron will ever go into coaching. I don't. I can you see Steph going into coaching? No. Here's the problem with a lot of these players that when you're a superstar, when you're LeBron or you're Steph, I think that you are so much better than the majority of the players on your team are ever going to be, that you probably get frustrated. Oh, yeah. Like, why are you not like, making that shot? Why doesn't he have the vision to make that I'd, pass? I'd imagine, Especially a guy like, like a I'd Jason imagine Jordan. Kidd. I'd imagine Jordan is very yeah. frustrated watching the Hornets. Dude, uh, he's he, probably the best player on the court if he stepped on it. <laughs> probably. Besides Caleb and Cody Martin. That facts. Nevada legends. Larry Bird's probably the best superstar coach. And he had like one good year. Like, Magic Johnson oh, wasn't Jackson. a great coach. Um, yeah, I mean, isn't it, isn't it understandable that you are thinking, oh, I, I could do that. So you're drawing up plays that require maybe not, you know, like Steph being like, let me drop a play that requires a 35-foot shot. But – Let's re- let's drop a play where my point guard is constantly moving off ball and people are making great passes. Or LeBron being like, "Let me drop a play that I would have." Yeah, because yeah, there's going to be you know I I would get very frustrated. That's why like the role players are the better coaches. I mean, Jason Kidd's a fucking terrible coach. Great player, <laughs> absolutely terrible coach. Like Steve Kerr, Steve Nash. I hope that he's going to do well. We'll see. I mean, like, but Schaefer, yeah, I, I, I was an analyst, but how much did he actually do for the Warriors? Steve Kerr. I'm not Steve Kerr. I'm Steve not, Kerr I'm changed not, I'm not Steve, Kerr. Steve Nash. Oh, Steve yeah. Nash. Oh, Steve Nash. Uh, he was a development coach. I mean, it's it's also so, tough when you come into 
a team in like what the last few years where their players, their their superstar players are already developed. But if anything, I mean, yeah, he's, you're exactly he's not you're... developing them as like, hey, Steph, this is how you shoot. Yeah. I think it's more of like a, like a mentor role of like, hey, I was a superstar too. And like, let me help you through like these yeah. life things or like, you know, I, I see him more as he was like a mentor role. And that's a big reason why I went to Brooklyn because, I mean, we all know KD is socially different than a lot of other people, especially athletes. And Steve Nash worked with him. Not to mention Kyrie. Oh, yeah. Kyrie is – Kyrie and KD, Ky- that, that has the – like, oh. <laughs> that, like, has the, the two biggest, like, social weirdos in the NBA low-key. And, and a- Steve Nash, to, to Hugh's point, I think could really – help them out and be like, look, you guys are, you know, like clashing on this or you guys are struggling with this. Let me be a mentor to you and kind of help you go through these things rather than fucking blowing up at each other and tearing down the team. Like one thing you're seeing a lot of like, especially this last off season, like you saw like the Clippers and the Lakers, especially stock up on it, like on their assistance. Like the Lakers went out and they got Vogel, but then they, they got, uh, Lionel Hollins, they got Jason Kidd, they got Phil Handy as their assistant coaches. The Clippers got went out and got Ty Lue. So these teams are making a very big deal of their assistant coaches. I don't know who Steve Nash goes out and hires in his, as an assistant. But like there's Mike Dan. <laughs> no, Mike Dan should be hired as Sam Cassell. He's been a Clipper assistant for like thirteen That's... or fourteen years. Really? Yeah. Well, not that long, probably about 10 or 11 years, but he's been like such a great Speak- coach. Speaking of coaching, too, I hope somebody gives Becky Hammond they a shot. Like, yeah, yeah like she has been a high level assistant coach and stepped into coach games with probably the best coach organization mm-hmm. of all time, you know, save like. Uh, you know, fucking the Jordan no, Bulls. You, yeah, you can and, say the Spurs. You can see, like, like, the amount of, like, NBA coaches they produced. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to see her get a shot with a team. What, the only difficult thing is because, uh, the, you know, still the world of sports is so sexist yeah. that if she doesn't succeed immediately, it's going to be women can't coach and blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. But I think a team should give her a shot because if she was a male assistant coach that had the same pedigree – She'd be on the market exactly. for sure. And that's the so sad. I'm trying to think of reality. what teams. Does Phoenix still have their coach? Yeah, it's more. It's, Is uh, it some money ones? Williams. I'm Monty trying to just think. I'm just trying to think of who Williams. needs coaches. <laughs> Let's see. Houston needs a coach. Philly needs a coach. Chicago. Indy. Uh, I think that's it. Does Alvin Gentry go back to head coaching? Like, is someone going to give him another shot? No, no, no I don't want to give him a shot. Uh, New Orleans. Why was he? St- he hasn't done great at all, man. No, no I, I think I think Alvin Gentry takes really the. Love him. I think he takes a year off. I would really love him back on the Warriors as an assistant coach, because the offense wasn't he a Warriors with assistant him as coach? coach? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was the assistant coach, and he went to the Pelicans after they won in 2015, and that was like the best there. Obviously, it wasn't as good as with Durant or when Steph was going crazy, but in terms of the sets that they made and the plays, the probably the smoothest it's, their offense it's has been. It's harder in basketball to realize, to see the impact that 
an assistant coach has rather than in football, you know, like the impact an offense and defensive coordinator have. Absolutely. So like, you don't know like, like, how, like what percentage of like the sets were Steve Kerr uh, drawn up versus uh, Alvin Gentry. But I did. It, it's yeah, that's that's correct. But I mean, you could see some of the things that he like his uh, his out of bounds plays and everything like that. Um, and there were more pick and rolls back then. Steve Kerr has had an aversion to the pick and roll for some reason over the past couple of years. I would love to see him back because he he should have done better with New Orleans than he did. And unfortunately, he did not. And I think that might make some teams. And unfortunately, I mean, this has been talked about a lot. Like, black coaches in the NBA seem to have a shorter leash and a harder time getting hired to new roles. Phil Handy so, should have uh, had a head coach. Phil Handy. Yeah, I mean, Phil Handy went while from the Raptors like, to the Lakers as an assistant. He's one of the best shooting. He's like one of the best shooting developing coaches. And not many people know of him. Yeah, so he should get it. Hence why guys like Tom Thibodeau are still getting gigs. Like there is a there's a deeper yeah, problem. Vomit. Come on, yeah. come on, Leon Rose. You got to make a better first decision as the Knicks. That was the worst. Made. That was the absolute <laughs> worst move they could have made. I'm, like, dude, you really think that? Like, one of the biggest things with coaches now, especially with young teams, getting buy-in from your players. You think Tom Thibodeau going, ice, 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 from the sidelines 50 times a game is going to, you know, make your good – well, they don't really have any good players. But make your, you know, hopefully future good players, you know, really jive with this coach? Or or, or do you think that's going to attract superstars? Any superstar thinking about maybe going and being the savior of the New York Knicks can just talk to Jimmy Butler. And be like, hey, Jimmy, how was it playing for Thibodeau in Minnesota when he ran you into the ground and got you injured? You know, I think that was a terrible fucking choice. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know who – That's the thing is the Knicks don't have an identity. So I don't know who they would have hired to be a, a coach. I mean, like you I, can think, look at, I think with the you Knicks, look, because they've, you know, they've been so bad for so long, now is when you take a shot on, like, someone who hasn't had a chance, like a former player, because you literally have sure. nothing to lose. You're the Knicks. You're sure. the laughing stock of the NBA. Take your chance on someone that can at least be exciting or something. Yep. Do you yeah, think- that was just I, – I could not I, – I, I cannot imagine what was going through their heads. But you know what? The team is never going to win a title when James Dolan is their owner. Because he is just a massive piece of shit. James Dolan can sell the Knicks and still own Madison Square Garden, and still make a billions of dollars every year. By the way... And at a certain point, it's like, dude, what more money do you need? He's a stubborn old freaking white guy. Have you, seen, have you seen any of uh, JD and the Straight Shots uh, music videos? Yes. They're very they're funny. Terrible. It's very funny. Not good, but very funny. Also, doesn't he also own the New York Rangers? He owns the Rangers, he owns the Knicks, and he owns Madison Square Garden. And yeah, dude, running, like, which owns the forum. Also, like, man, like every one of your fans hates you. Like, but is it throws, th- does it choke your ego that much? He throws people. <laughs> he threw people out of Madison Square Garden for wearing free Oakley shirts. The fire Charles Oakley out of Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Charles Oakley is one of the most beloved Knicks of all time. Ugh, that dude is a fucking doofus. You know man. what? 
it's baffling. Mackenzie Bezos should go in and buy the Knicks, or one of the Bezoses, or Elon. Anyone should just go in and buy the Knicks. Well, other than Jeff Bezos, he doesn't need any more. Yeah, that dude is need the Knicks. I don't want him. Yeah, give it, to, give it to Mackenzie Bezos. This is uh, this is my promise to you and Jordan. When Luke and I blow up from Blow the Whistle and we're billionaires, we will buy the Knicks and we will bring them to greatness. <laughs> We're gonna sign. We're gonna sign Tim Curry. What? What's that? Can you can you uh, can you buy the Lakers and then disband them? Yes. No. No. Yeah. The Bucks Bucks family ain't selling. Oh, that's what that's what they think now. Wait until (laughs) our offer comes in. Wait until we offer a billion dollars for the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) We won't even have to offer money. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna relocate them to the most trash town in America. What? The, well, find what it is. Rancho first, Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga Lakes. They don't even get the offer anymore. You know what? If you lake. move the Lakers, fans will still follow them. People know the purple and gold. Jordan, no, we're gonna buy like a 500 seat stadium. Jordan, <laughs> once you get a once you get big enough on Diamond Lane, you can just bribe them with. Uh, you'll only give them good publicity if they give you the team, but if not, they're gonna slander them. Th- that's true, audience, and you know your audience will be so have? big. Your audience will be so big that I mean the Clippers need help. I better buy more marketing. Exactly. We're, we'll trade. We'll trade Anthony Davis to the Clippers. Move the Lakers to to Rancho Cucamonga, as the Cucamonga Lakes, and then we will sign Cannon Curry when he is of age to the New York Knicks. It's not going to be the savior of the Knicks, Cannon Curry. Goddamn right. All right. Yeah, I mean, his dad was savior of the Warriors, and then the Clippers will blow a three-one lead. Oh, this is. oh God! That oh. Speaking that, of the Clippers, I can't even. That just gave me goosebumps. So, who's everyone have? Honestly, who's everyone have tomorrow to win the game before uh, we start to wrap this up? Clippers, Clippers. Hugh, I, I. This Clippers team is different because they have Kawhi. So I'm saying Kawhi goes off for 35, and the Clippers win. I'm gonna say so, Clippers win by six. You know, you know, you know what I think. I think Tell the Nuggets us. win, honestly. Honestly? I, 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 I hate to say it, and if I'm going to put all my biases aside and everything, just knowing this Clipper team and how much I've literally watched almost every single game this year, and I could have told you they were in trouble. But Paul George, this isn't just like a thing where he, in the playoffs, has played poorly. He's been playing poorly the whole regular season. Like, Harrell, he's put up the numbers, but... Again, what difference was he really making significantly? It wasn't leading to those W's and things like that. I think Clippers go yeah. home. Tomorrow. I mean, Paul George has no fucking shoulders, dude. No, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's, the Nuggets. And also, he's a head case. The Nuggets also uh, came back from three-one against the Jazz. I fought back to Game Seven against the Clippers. The Nuggets are fight like they fight. I like the Nuggets team. Like I like Jamal Murray. Jokic is good. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been there for certain uh, moments. I hate that guy more than um, Gary Harris. Is Michael like Porter Jr. is a notorious dumbass. The the Nuggets remind me of the Warriors when they took down the Nuggets. Ironically, uh, what was that like six years ago now? Seven yeah. years ago, because it's just like it's a team that's not quite good enough to win a championship. But they got the fire, exactly. and that's what the Clippers. Yeah. So if the Clippers could out talent them. 
but that's the only way they're going to win the game. I think if the Clippers get down big, I don't know I mean, that they have that the fire. I mean, like, come back. I don't know if I trust Doc Rivers with the lead. After seeing he's blown three 16 point leads in the playoffs, a video a video has surfaced on Twitter from the 2010 finals of I think it was game it was game six of um, oh my Phil Jackson in the huddle saying like like the Celtics can't hold any lead and it's talking more about Doc Rivers. <laughs> Doc Rivers has blown so many leads in his career. It's convenient that they found that video. Yeah. Why? How does? What does Doc do? Like, I mean, we've already talked about the whole, you know, he's playing uh, Harold over Zubak and stuff. But like, what does he do that he continues to blow these leads? Like, how does he not like just put his best players? Because Paul George cheated on his daughter. (laughs) Yeah, is is, is that what it is? Yeah. And now Seth Curry's married to yeah. her, and then called him a bitch ass. <laughs> that, that was funny. I'm not. I'm not That's like that. one of the wildest stories. Is is Paul George like the least beloved major star on their team right now? I feel like Clippers feel like fans Lou, just have no Clippers, love. For Clippers fans love Lou Will more than it Paul goes, George. Honestly, if you're talking about who Clippers hate, Clipper fans. Well, there's three Clipper fans. So me. This random guy met at the gas station, and then one of my students. So there's three Clipper fans, and what we all can agree is that Harrell is the least beloved Clipper. Really? Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of disappointment in Lou Williams how he's playing as well. A lot of people are upset about him, like over the chicken wing incident. I've honestly, as they should be. I I forgive Lemon him. Pepper Lou. Yes, Lemon Pepper Lou, but. <laughs> Paul George definitely has taken most of the heat. It's because he's the best yeah. out of those three, I'd have to imagine. I mean, although Lou Will does have two girlfriends, and nobody with two girlfriends who know about each other should be playing that bad. Yo, we got to respect Lou. My man, my man can, lemon, can lemon pepper Lou. Have a gotta respect him. three points. I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I, I do. I think the Clippers win. But then, like, I, the way the Clippers have been playing, um, it makes me believe Lakers. I thought the I thought the Clippers would win in five. Jordan and I both said on this podcast, Clippers in five or six. No one thought this game would go to game seven. Well, Garrett, let me ask you as a Lakers fan, who, who, who are you more scared to face? Oh, the Clippers. Still, like, even with this um, whole, yeah, like, mini collapse. Yeah, I'm more scared because of talent. I'm more scared of Kawhi. Um, like, I'm not really, like, um, like it's also, like, it's a different team. Like, the Clippers are, like, are supposed to be good defensively. They're great in spurts where nobody can score on them. And then there's times where it looks like they, they don't even know how to play stopped. defense. Yeah, and it's such a weird. That's when Zubox on the floor and on the bench, honestly. <laughs> Zuby, the goat. I feel, I feel like, yeah, in a in a Lakers series, it kind of. I, I just look at it like, all right, game seven on the line. Who do you want the best player on the floor going against LeBron James to be? Do you want it to be like Jamal Murray, or do you want it to be Kawhi? I Leonard? mean, I do think, and I, I want it to, you know, be Kawhi if I'm rooting against the Lakers. As the honor as the Lakers fan, it's like I'd rather the Lakers' easiest path to the final is through the Nuggets. 
And it would be so honestly one of the biggest cakewalks, again, of LeBron's career <laughs> to um, get yeah. there. Everything went well, right for him. Um, but it's like, it's just such a different Lakers team than what we've seen. Uh, this is a different team LeBron has. Because LeBron, they don't need, like, this is, it's weird because Anthony Davis, when needed to be, can be the best player on the floor. But, like, you look at game five, Anthony Davis didn't take a shot attempt until, like, the last minutes of the first quarter. And the Lakers are clicking on all sides. It's the, which it's frustrating as Laker fans because it took until game five for Frank Vogel to make any changes. Like, he's like, JaVale McGee, great player, is not a fit for the Rockets. Nevada Legend. Good player. Everybody calm down. Nevada Legend, JaVale McGee. Good player. Not great. I love JaVale. Do not, do not ever, you will never hear me slander JaVale McGee. You I was did. a huge proponent. <laughs> we all heard. I said it's good, not great. That's, <laughs> That's not always slander. You at the That's not slander. It's on the record. That's not slander even a we're little gonna, bit. We're gonna have to go back. To I, I, so Frank Vogel. No, that's not slander. Good, not great is Frank not Vogel slander. Doesn't... Like I'm, I'm not saying he's fucking oh, Alex Caruso. Oh, the goat. <laughs> the goat. Can we talk about get that, that ball headed? Eminem ass out of here. Can we talk about that Rockets podcast that was screaming about Alex Caruso? <laughs> like, if you yeah. think he's that bad, that you so should funny. be more mad at your team that you can't stop him. Man, he's going yeah, to get mad at James Harden for getting blocked by <laughs> Alex Caruso. The <laughs> man who I swear to God thought was an accountant <laughs> until three weeks ago. Bro, I've been uh, – oh. Alex. I just remember uh, – Alex Caruso in what was it 2017 Summer League had De'Aaron Skates like chasing him. And it was like, oh, at this moment, I knew I, I was an Alex Caruso stand. God, help I, me. Uh, yeah. He's another one of those dudes who gets like every time he does anything, he, the media is like, Caruso! And it's like, as you said, he looks like an accountant. He looks yeah. like the everyday average God. human being. Honestly, Lakers, the, who they really need is Andre Ingram. Oh, yeah. I miss that, <laughs> dude. Go, I dude. miss that, dude. The better Ingram. He's the legend. Facts. Yeah. Now, I, uh, I I think the Lakers are going to the finals oh, no matter the what. Clippers, dude, the Clippers, this, this whole time, man, they just, again, like, they are not playing like they have something to prove. And I just don't get it, man. I don't get that shit. The Lakers also have the like, X Factor. Playoff Rondo. We find out tomorrow if Clippers really come out and they're ready to play and they have all that pressure on them or they put pressure on themselves finally. The thing is, we'll find about them against the Lakers. They they looked good in the first half of game six. They collapsed in game seven or the second half. Yeah, I'm. If yeah. The, well, I mean, some players aren't built. If the it. Clippers make it past the Nuggets, I'm taking them over the Lakers. I think honestly, the Lakers are a better team than the Nuggets, obviously. But matchup wise, like, I don't know. Like, I think the Clippers match up better against the Lakers than they do against the Nuggets. Again, the talent disparity between those two is vast. I mean, but, you were gonna if you want to see like Harold ain't gonna play against the Lakers. Oh no! He, he's still playing. He's gonna struggle. If, if, oh, if I they haven't, you. He'll play. if they haven't kept him on Harold the bench, Harold's gonna struggle yeah. against Anthony Davis. 
anyone, nobody's going to stop. Nobody on in the NBA can. Except for PJ Tucker. <laughs> nobody, nobody in the one. NBA can actually quote unquote stop Anthony Davis. But I feel like, I mean, like Zubak cannot stop Anthony Davis, but no, he but can no, who, be a big can? presence. Who can exactly. stop Anthony Davis? <laughs> exactly. But Zubak's proven defensively. Like if there, he can bother a, you. I get what you're saying. If he can bother Jokic, then he can absolutely bother Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is kind of soft mentally to where if you get him out of rhythm and he's down on himself, then it's up to LeBron. And if you have Kawhi and PG swapping on LeBron, that can bother him. And then, like, okay, Caruso and Rondo go win the game. Like, that's not going to happen if their other two stars aren't going. So, obviously, a lot of this is the Clippers actually doing their job, which they haven't always proven they'll do. And if the Clippers shut down, like they have these last two games, then yeah, easily it's Lakers. But if the Clippers play the way they should, I would take the Clippers. Me and Jordan are on the opposite sides of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think the Heat win, he thinks the Celtics. What are your thoughts? I'm going. That's tough. Like Jimmy Butler is the best player on the floor. But the Celtics are so much deeper. Like, I don't know. I like both teams. Give me, give me Jason Tatum all day. I like the Heat team. Like Jason. I like, I like Jimmy Buckets. I like Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero is doing incredible things. Bam Adebayo might be my favorite player. That's not on the Warriors. He is. I mean, he's he's, he's getting appreciated now. But well, like, he's been so nice for them all year, and he got recognition being all defense, which is nice. But. Honestly, I th- I'm I'm gonna take Miami just because I don't I think Jimmy Butler will literally will them to the finals. Yeah, I think plus the Heat also have former Finals MVP Andre Iguodala. Legend, dude, that is true. That's a championship pedigree right there. All right, well, we thank you guys for joining us on uh, today's episode. Uh, if you guys want to give us um, give the audience um, your social media plugs where they can find you and your takes. That's all you, Luke. That's your uh, someone that's started. Your role on blow the whistle. Yeah, I know. I was gonna, I was gonna give Hugh the chance because he's the he's the the golden host of blow the whistle. I will say but, thank you to Diamond I, Lane for uh, bringing us on. We appreciate you guys and you know all the work you guys have been putting in. You know, we couldn't believe you said yes. Yeah, we're honored. <laughs> oh, of course, dude. Always, always happy to to chop it up, especially with the homies. Yeah, seriously, thank you guys so much for for having us on. This was a blast. Um, it's just it's always fun to talk hoop, man. Mm-hmm. All righty, guys. Well, thank you, and uh, thanks for being the goats and root on the Clippers tomorrow. Let's go, thanks. Uh, yeah. Well. yeah, and you can find me at uh, at Reno Trash Boy on Twitter, and you can find our podcast as well at Blow the Whistle P on Twitter and Blow the Whistle Pod underscore on Instagram. All right, we look forward to you guys. Thank you, guys.